Amen. Amen. All right, saints of God, are y'all ready for the word? Amen. Well, let us go to the gospel according to Matthew chapter 5. The Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 5. And on this afternoon, we're going to glean our text from verse 13. Amen. Would everyone stand for the reading of God's word? Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 13, you will find these words. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, How shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? I want to talk to you for a few moments from the thought, are you worth your salt? Are you worth your salt? As we begin to unpack verse 13, we must stay mindful of the fact that verse 13 is in the context of chapter 5. And we must always remember that chapter 5 is part of a bigger body of work called the Sermon on the Mount. As we continue to traverse through these chapters, always stay mindful that it's in the context of what Jesus said in the Beatitudes. So now as we move from the Beatitudes, we still realize that we are hearing the words of the king. We're still talking about the king's manifesto. We're still talking about his objectives, his requirements, and his thoughts about how his kingdom is to be run. Amen. So we open up chapter 5 and we realize that there are two groups of people. First of all, Jesus saw the multitudes. But then we saw that he went up on a mountain and his disciples came to him. We must realize that the multitudes was a great number, but the disciples were 12. And that there were two groups, but yet Jesus was concerned about them both. And in light of this, we see that we have just transitioned out of finding 
out that happy are those who are harassed, those who are persecuted, because great is their reward. That when, for righteousness' sake, because you are a child of God, folks scandalize your name. They bypass you for your uh, promotions. That they, they don't want to talk with you, but they want to talk with somebody else. They don't want to let you in because you name the name Jesus. That's good news because great is your reward. So though you're persecuted, always remember that you are the salt of the earth. When you read these words, you must be reminded that there is a presupposition that is being inferred because he says that you are the salt of the earth. And that presupposition is that something else is decaying and is unsavory. The reason why I say that, and I say that it is the world, because he says that you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt that God has left in this world to preserve it and to give it flavor. Somebody will say, but wait a minute, Pastor, that doesn't make sense because we know that the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Well, you as the salt of the earth, its job is not to preserve the world, but preserve those out of the world. Jesus says, you are in the world, but you are not of the world. But that is a tough line to to follow because Jesus is saying to us that we're in this world, but we ought not operate like the world. Yet we look like on the outside like anybody else. We bleed like anybody else. We have desires like anybody else, but yet Jesus says, don't be of the world. Don't get caught up in the world's thinking, in the way the world acts. You must be a peculiar people. Set apart, sanctified, to be used by God. So the question then is asked, if we are the salt of the earth, then we are the salt of the earth too. To man, I don't think so. Because you and I both know a time in our lives when we didn't trust Jesus And the things of God was the last thing we had to want to have anything to do with. So since the salt of the earth is flavorful, it cannot be flavorful to the world. But I contend to you that it's flavorful to God. You are the salt of the earth because you're flavorful to God. And so when we look at our text, what kind of decay is the world suffering? The world is suffering a moral decay. When folks say to you that I don't know why 
I need a marriage license or certificate because it's just a piece of paper. You know our world is in moral decay. They're in moral decay because they don't understand that the license, the certificate, is the signed contract of the vow that have made with one another and with God to be together for richer or poorer, sickness and in health, as long as we both shall live. But the world wants to say, oh, we don't need that. We can just try it out, a 90-day trial, and if I don't like it, I can take it back. I can take her back or I can take him back. It seems like everything's going good on Monday, but if things are bad by Friday, goodbye and see you later. But that's the world. And so talking about commitment and better and for poorer and richer and health and all of this kind of thing is not the kind of thing the world is attracted to. So we see that the salt of the earth is really the flavor that God likes. So we look at our text and we find that the world wants to say that we have evolved. We have gone beyond the need for the simple things that the Bible teaches. As Romans chapter 1 lets us know, professing that they were wise, they became fools. The world says, don't spank your child. Don't discipline your child. Just talk to them. They can understand what you have to say. But the Bible says, spare the rod, spoil the child. It says foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the raw of correction would depart it far from him. But the world is saying everything opposite. And so now we have this rumper room experience every time we go out to eat. Because parents are bringing their children and the children are running the parents. I was talking to Olivia yesterday. I was seeing this lady wrestling with her child. And I said to Olivia, but now that I thought about it, I said a little different today. I said to Olivia, I said, if I had to bring up children like they're bringing up children today, I'd be ready to kill myself. So really what I wanted to say is that If I had to do this the way that the world was doing it, I would be gone crazy. Because I'm seeing kids running their parents. I'm seeing kids kicking their parents, talking crazy to their parents, and the parents running around the restaurant chasing their kids. It's crazy. That's the case. But God is saying, don't you be like the world. You get your children under control. You operate according to my principles. And you're going to be all right. Because we need to be peculiar. Our children need to be different. They need to be mannerful. They need to sit down when you tell them to sit down. They don't need to be talking back and saying all manners of things and being out in public and embarrassing their parents. We got to be different because we are the salts 
of the earth. But the text goes on to say, but if the salt loses its flavor, what good is it? How can we re-season it? How, how can we make it back? Because you do know it's the two elements that come together that give salt its flavor. So God is basically saying, if the salt is no longer salt, how would it be seasoned? Salt is intrinsically what it is because it's made up of sodium and chlorine, NaCl. And it's it what it is because of the elements that are fused together. But if we are not whom we're supposed to be in the Lord, how will we be seasoned? The Christian is one who's a baptized, born-again believer by the Spirit of God. But if the two crucial elements are not there, you and the Holy Ghost, how are you going to be the salt of the earth. So the word here says you can't play church and be salt of the earth. You must be born again. You can't come because of your mother or your father or your grandparents and because it's a good thing, but you must be born again. But the text says if that's all you are, all you are is somebody who follows religion and is churchy without the Holy Spirit, the best you are good for is to be thrown down the walkway and trampled under men's feet. So the other thing here to realize is that God is saying you got to be real. You can't fake and shake this and be the salt of the earth. You can't try to do God's business without God. Unfortunately, there are still folks today that think that they're smart enough, that they're savvy enough, that, that their speech is eloquent enough to do God's work without God. But we see a lot of preachers or a lot of teachers who have great homilies who can break down the word, but it ain't reaching nobody's heart. Because you can't do God's business without his spirit. But for the believer, you are the salt of the earth. And that you have a flavor that the world does not have. And those who God calls is looking for that flavor. They're looking for the righteousness that can only come from God. So it is the righteousness that we possess that God has given us that gives us our wonderful taste. Because by the righteousness of God, men are saved. By the righteousness of God that we have an eternal home in heaven. By the righteousness of God, we have been given a joy that the world didn't give and the world can't take away. By the righteousness of God, we are secure in Jesus. And no matter what happens, whether it's past, future, or present, things in heaven or things on earth, whether it's evil or it's good, that it'll never separate us from the love of God. 
And the Bible goes on to say that God demonstrated his love toward us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. One day, he went down the Via Della Rosa. They marched him from Judgment Hall to Judgment Hall. And they took him to the outside of the Jerusalem walls to a place called Golgotha's Hill. And at Golgotha, they put nails in his hands. And they put nails in his feet. And they hung him high and stretched him wide. The righteousness of God was hanging on that cross from the third to the ninth hour for you and for me. But the story doesn't end there. They put him in a borrowed tomb. He was in that tomb three days and three nights. But early, early Sunday morning, he got up with all power. All power in his hand. The kind of power that makes you and me salt in the earth. That allows us to be persecuted. But yet we rejoice when they scandalize your name. We rejoice when they talk bad about you. When they look past you for promotion. We rejoice because we know one thing that the world doesn't know. Even when they take our riches here on earth, we have riches in heaven that these can't steal. North Ross can Europe. No, no, no. And one of these days, one of these days, it won't be very long. Jesus, 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 the Son of the Living God, He's coming back for His church. He said in His Word, Believe in me, also believe in God. 
worthy to be praised. And now, for those who do not know him, in the pardoning of their sin, you can get to know him today. The doors of the church are open. I want you to be able to celebrate like those who are the salt of the earth, that you can be salt too. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved.
None came, but there's still plenty of good room. And that's what the Lord wants. He wants it all. In order for us to be the salt of the earth, he has to have it all. Because he wants his spirit to be in us. And he wants all of us to be used by him. Amen. 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 Spirit's moving me right now to do something a little different before we give our benediction. Amen. 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 Uh, Sister Williams and Sister Bum, come to the front. Sister Olivia. Mm -hmm. For those of you who do not know, this is my, my baby girl here, Olivia. Amen. 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 Sister Williams on one side of her, another. We're going to pray for Olivia. Amen. Amen. And these two, um, they have a special place in Olivia's heart since she's been here. Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. Sister Olivia is, is very gifted. Amen. And I know that the devil would have anything better but to have her, amen, in his work. And so this is going to be her last year in college, amen. amen. She'll be getting ready, amen. The Lord say the same, she'll be getting ready to go into the work world, amen. So we're going to pray for her this, this year, amen, and that the Lord guides her and takes her along the way, amen. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, Lord, we thank you for Sister Olivia, oh God. Lord, we thank you for gifting her, oh God, to touch the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls with the gifts that you have given her. And Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you put your holy arms of protection around her. Lord, keep her from the evil one, oh God. As she endeavors to matriculate and complete her bachelor's degree, oh God. There are so many forces, seen and unseen, that are vying for her soul. But Lord, in the name of Jesus, we call on you, O oh Master, to preserve her and keep her. Lord, you said we have not because we ask not. But today, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask that you keep her, O oh God. By your omnipotent power, above all, Master, keep her. And to let her know that she has a home anytime she's here at New Zion. That New Zion loves her and cares for her. And we will be praying for her. Amen. And we will be praying that God keeps her as she goes down these roads of life. And Lord, we want to give you all the praise and all the glory. These things we ask in the blessed name of Jesus. And the whole church said, Amen. 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 Thank you, Sister Williams and Sister Vaughn. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, right after our benediction, Amen, uh, we'd like the whole church to uh, congregate over here, amen. We've got a, a short meeting that we want to talk about the condition of our air conditions, and we have one of the repairmen here today, Brother Marshall. 
Brother Darren Marshall. And he's going to talk to us about the specifics and where we are and kind of where we're trying to go as well. Amen? Amen. All right. If all hearts and minds are clear, let us stand for our benediction and prayer over our offering. Amen. opportunity to come together as a family. Lord, thank you for sharing your spirit with us today. Lord, thank you for sharing your word. And Lord, thank you for building the body of truth through the members of your body, anointing each head with fresh oil. But Lord, teach us how to hide the word in our hearts that we might not sin against thee. Lord, we want to be better Christians than when we first came in. We want to be better evangelists than when we first came in. We want to be better missionaries than we first came in in the blessed name of Jesus. And Lord, as we prepare our hearts to give in our offering of tithes, oh God, Lord, we ask in the blessed name of Jesus that you bless this offering, oh God. Sanctify it. And let it be used for ministry purposes, O oh God. Lord, stretch it the way that you would have it to be stretched. Because it's in your hand. And it all matters whose hand is in. So, Master, we give it to you, O oh God. Have your way, Master. And we want to be so careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. These things we ask in the blessed name of Jesus and the whole church saying, Amen. Please be seated and obey the ushers. Amen. And after you come around with the offering, just go ahead. Church, uh, members of New Zion, and sit on this far side. Amen. And get ready for our meeting.